Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course, I got my guy, my co-host with me, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good? What's good? You know, how's it going, people? I'm out here feeling real good. You know, we just had this fantasy draft. Just killed it. You already know how we do, you know, every year coming to having a plan and we you know we executed again I, I like what we have and that bench upside is real nice let's go yeah i mean we always you know we always come in having a plan but this year i think you know we we actually got punched in the mouth a little bit during we this did. draft we right? did early early did. <laughs> <laughs> early i mean we were hoping to get you know uh we, we were kind of eyeing jonathan taylor i had kind of talked you into that and then he got taken from us and you know, we were maybe hoping that one of these other running backs, these workhorse backs like a, a Le'Veon Bell would make it back to us or Chris Carson potentially, but that didn't happen. So uh, we went ahead and got and got your sleeper running back, Mark Ingram, man. So uh-huh. I know you're, you're excited about that one. Yeah, definitely very excited about that one. Mark Ingram going to be in a lot of high over games uh, just in general. Uh, you know, I was saying, you know, that 10 touchdown number, I uh, expect him to, to be right there at the end of the season. Yeah, man, definitely in the range of outcomes for Mark Ingram in this very potent offense. Um, but, you know, let's let's just, I guess, kind of run through it a little bit. I mean, our first-round pick, we took we took your guy uh, at the 111 spot, Austin Eckler. Yep, yep. So, you know, pick. I mean, I've, I've been watching. I know I've, I've filled you in. I've been watching Hard Knocks a lot, man. And, and you know, <laughs> yeah, two of the guys that have gotten the biggest bump for me have been – Austin Eckler and, and Keenan Allen, so count count me in, man. Um, and then at the two at the two o two spot, we went ahead and got my ride or die running back uh, Nick Chubb, man. So how you feeling about that one? Yeah, you know, best of both worlds. Got got Nick Chubb. We got that stability. I'm expecting you know that twenty touch marker for RB one with the Eckler being you know the PPR machine and just everything machine that he should be this year. Uh, you know, I was saying you know forty touches a game. Is not out the realm for both these guys combined. So I'm loving it. I'm loving that volume. Yeah, man, absolutely got to love that right there. Um, and then, like we were saying in the third round, we were hoping to get one of your guys, um, either either Adam Thielen to be our wide receiver one, or um, you know Mark Ingram. And you know we decided to get Mark Ingram. We ended up losing out on Adam Thielen. Uh, but then we we came back around and we got AJ Brown, man. He's he's my ride or die at the wide receiver position. But uh, you know, how you feeling about that pick, Greg? Yeah, actually, it, it came down to AJ Brown or Allen Robinson. And then when we when we came down to it, we were saying, you know, who who's going to give us those boom those boom weeks? You know, Allen Robinson might be the more consistent back, but just the, just a guy AJ Brown could win us a week. So uh, we we boom with that. We took the boom there, uh, and it was sitting real nice with AJ Brown and. Uh, Mark Ingram, yeah, especially as an RB three. Yeah, that was a that was a really tough decision right there. Yeah, <laughs> like you facts. said, we were looking at Allen Robinson 
or AJ Brown and just knowing that you know Allen Robinson's a guy that's probably going to see 140 to 150 targets and you know in a in a you know granted it's half point PPR but especially in a full point PPR you know targets are targets are king and so you know in terms of the every week stability we we were thinking about Allen Robinson but like you said man those boom weeks you know those are those are going to be the you know 25 point games 30 point games yep. right there yep and we remember AJ Brown being that guy down the stretch last year you Absolutely. know leading people to chips so um you know big part of the reason why we're high on him here and then you know the way we finished this draft up I mean we were kind of sitting there hoping Keenan Allen would make it back to us in the fifth or Ooh. maybe DJ Shark Open. one pick away with DJ Shark um but then we, you know, we said we, we got to get this second receiver here. Um, you know, granted our, our wide receiver position, we you know with AJ Brown is a, you know, a little boomer bust. You know, maybe not the flo- the every week floor that you would want from your from your wide receiver position. But we went ahead and paired him with Hollywood Brown, man. <laughs> just boom, yeah, on, boom, I mean, on, boom, man, boom, 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 on, boom, boom. On, boom. Yeah. Uh, I just know I was saying like we're, no one should outscore us if they all hit. Uh, we should have you know. <laughs> Uh, last year was a, a very excellent team, but this year I think, uh, you know, we'll have those high-scoring games um, for Hollywood. And then I was saying, you know, we have Mark Ingram too, so we could just, you know, swap them in and out for, for you know, depending on the matchup and bad run defenses versus bad pass defenses. <laughs> yeah, and then high over-unders, we just play them both. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and then in the sixth round, we reached a little bit. You know, we, we, we did feel the need to reach a little bit here. But uh, the running backs were, were coming off the board. And, you know, with the Ronald Jones news that we'll obviously get into in a little bit, um, you know, Zach Moss became the guy that we were eyeing there in the sixth round, Greg. So I know you're excited about that pick a lot because he's one of the guys that you've been rising on lately. Oh, yeah. This is probably one of my favorite picks of the draft. Uh, you, you know, I got, we got him. I got him in the League of Extraordinary People. I'm trying to get as much Zach Moss as possible. I think, you know, he, this is his job. By week two, if not out the gate, uh, you know, we were talking about early about his Devin Singletary's fumble issues from last year. And then reports shortly came after about his uh, fumbling issues in camp and stuff more and more. So, yeah, I think Zach Moss should be the guy in, in, a, in a Bills office that you know is going to run the ball. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, Zach Moss is somebody that we've highlighted, you know, since since July. Yep. And, um, you know, back then he was a value in the ninth round. And here we are. In September, taking him in the in the sixth round, so <laughs> crazy. Um, we were definitely on to something back then, and you know, definitely continuing to follow that scent here. So, in the seventh round, I believe you know, I'm surprised I'm I've been able to keep track of this so far. I know I mean, without any draft results, <laughs> and, and I'm like, where are the draft results? Because you're doing a pretty good job <laughs> with this. <laughs> um, in the seventh round, we we took J.K. Dobbins there. Um. You know, he's somebody that I've been high on since, you know, his career at Ohio State. Um, You know, and then you combine the fact that he ends up in this Baltimore Ravens offense, this high-octane offense, and the way our roster is constructed, we have Mark Ingram. Um, And, you know, the the only concern with Mark Ingram for me is, you know, he's 30 years old. um, The Ravens drafted a running back, but here we are with that running back on our roster as well. Uh, so what do you what do you, where are you where are you at with J.K. Dobbins, man? Oh yeah, you know I'm high on safety net, and we got ours at J.K. Dobbins for Mark Ingram. We basically you know have he was saying you might not have the Mark Ingram might not finish RB one. 
J.K. Dobbins might not fetch your RB1, but the combination of the two might be your <laughs> RB1. So <laughs> I'll take that for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, I just, you know, we were talking about it with C.D. Lamb, how, you know, I was just in love with the player C.D. Lamb from the very beginning, you know, before the NFL draft happened. And then, you know, draft happened. We see where players land. And, you know, I forget about, you know, the fact that I was in love with C.D. Lamb, the player. And now you get J.K. Dobbins, and it's the same thing at the running back position. Like, this is a player that I I, I even said before uh, the NFL Combine that if I had the 101 with a, in a rookie draft, I would take J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think that that's probably no longer true. I'd, I'd take, you know, Clyde or J.T. ahead of him at this point. But... You know, I, I'm a believer in the talent, and every time I see him running down the field, catching passes, you know, over a linebacker's head, I, I get even more excited. So, um, in the eighth round, we went ahead and took another guy that I'm, I'm really high on, and that's Brandon Ayuk, Greg. So, oh, yeah. where are you at with, with that pick right there? Oh, yeah, I was super high on that. Um, oh, actually, no, we, we took Will Fuller before that, the best pick you know, of the draft. Oh, That's yeah, no, sorry. We pick. took Will Fuller yeah, yeah. in the seventh round. Sorry. So it was Will Fuller in the seventh, JK JK in the uh, eighth. I, I got messed up because he's, he's in the starting lineup now, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, whereas he wasn't before when we drafted him. True, true, <laughs> true. Yeah. After seeing that schedule, first game against the Chiefs, opening night, yeah, high over under. We had to slide in Will Fuller. But, yeah, I love both those picks. And Antonio Gibson, I think, you know, last year we did a good job of getting uh, high upside running backs that end up starting, and we're doing a good job of doing that again. Uh, historically, we've done that, Kareem Hunt, other guys. So, yeah, Antonio Gibson has a chance to win this job. And if not that, then we have Zach Moss. And if not that, we have J.K. Dobbins. If not that, <laughs> we have Damian Harris. Yeah. Damian Harris, who we picked up in the 13th round. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, he, um, so, you know, let's just, you know, jump into the news really quick. Uh, just some items that we have to talk about. Um, you know, I, I just mentioned Damian Harris. Uh, he is apparently going, potentially going to miss the, you know, game one or potentially could miss game two as well with a hand injury. Uh, have you heard anything more about this, Greg? And where are you at with the Patriots backfield? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard much more. He could be, you know, out uh, the first couple of weeks, uh, which is, you know, bad news for him, especially he was gaining a lot of momentum in camp. Um, and, you know, you, you could have bet on him, could have probably be, you know, a starter week one as far as getting majority of the, t- the touches for this team. But um, it's looking like, you know, I think James White coming into it before I, I would trust him as, you know, his role doesn't change, I think, as far as being a PPR guy. And I think I would continue to trust him as a good value pick in the mid rounds. Um, James White is, a, is a, a great floor. I mean, we had him last year and he was literally – uh, 11 points or a certain 12 points every week. He's very consistent as a player. So I, I like James White's value. Sony Michelle, I'm not still at high on, especially with the cam intrigue as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, you know, like you said, James James White, we know what he's going to be, you know, middle of the round. If you're, if you're going Z, uh, zero, zero running back, yep. he's a guy you probably want to target. Um, or if you just want to, you know, get a, a safe, believe it was 10, 10 points that he gave us every week last year. We were looking at it. It was it was something ridiculous where it was like he scored 10 points like every single week um, except for one week last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he was a very consistent flex for us and, you know, at some points in RB2 um, in bye weeks. So, um, you know, he's you obviously know what you're getting from him. Um, you know, Sonny Michelle, like you said, I mean, the injuries with him scare me. Um, and even – with him even just being active and 
you know, now he's going higher in drafts than Damian Harris. Like, with all the stuff that we heard about Damian Harris, like, he was explosive, he was fast, he was, um, you know, he was, you know, showing showing well in the pass game as well. We've never heard those things of Sony Michelle. So, you know, to get that guy who can do all of those things but potentially better than Sony Michelle, um, you know, in the 13th round, that's definitely intriguing. But somebody, you know, maybe in deeper leagues, like I, I know, Greg, you're in a 16-team league, so maybe this applies to you or if you're playing DFS. Like Rex Burkhead, like this guy, I mean, he could True. be, you know, he could be used in some capacity. Uh, we don't know per- potentially what kind of capacity it would be, but uh, he did take a pay cut to stay around. Um, you know, obviously, I know he does a lot of things for them, including playing special teams. But would you be surprised if Rex Burkhead has some no, kind of no, role week one? No, absolutely not. <laughs> he had a role last year when before he got hurt. Um, I was it was a high like you know waiver guy. Anytime there was news that he might come back, because he was always being used when he was on the field. Um, so I see no reason why they wouldn't use him. Belichick likes him as a, a prospect, as a player. Uh, Sonny Michaud, I think, has a short leash. Any Patriot running back does. That's just another uncertainty as well of having a Patriots running back other than James White, really. Uh, you never really know mm-hmm. when their role can go from 100 to zero. So I think, uh, yeah, I would stay away from Sonny Michelle. I think Rex Burhead could be good in, in DFS and in bye weeks if he stays healthy. Uh, and But the person I'm always targeting, yeah, James White, really. Yeah, and then um, so with – also in the, I guess, Patriots camp, uh, Muhammad Sanu, the uh, wide receiver, the veteran wide receiver who was, who the Patriots sent a second-round pick to Atlanta for uh, right before the trade deadline last year, was released yesterday. Um, and again, we were recording this on, on Thursday night. Um, well, Greg, we almost forgot. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, we are switching to our new schedule very soon. Um, so actually, you know, this week we're switching to our new schedule. So Greg and I are both uh, going away for Labor Day weekend. So we're getting the week weekend off. So we're recording this episode uh, Thursday. You guys will probably hear it uh, either Sunday or Monday. Um, but just before we even continue to get into the news, just want to make sure we cover our new schedule uh, for the regular season. So, um, you'll obviously hear this episode, um, but then the next episode that you'll hear from us will be Thursday, September 10th, and that will be covering uh, the Thursday night football preview, the game against the um, Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, we'll be covering that breakdown. It'll be our first breakdown of the year, so you're going to hear us go over uh, the spread, the total. Uh, our picks for the game, and you know all of those fantasy nuggets for the game. Um, also new, which we're doing this year, uh, you're going to get our streams of the week that day as well. So you'll have an opportunity to pick up those, uh, whether it's quarterbacks, tight ends, or defenses, you'll have an opportunity to pick those uh, those players up um, prior to even a Thursday night game, or maybe yep. we'll pick guys from the Thursday night game. Um, and then on Friday, uh, you'll get our Sunday preview part one and then saturday you'll get the sunday preview part two and also on that saturday episode you get the starts of the week so quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends defenses or the whole the whole gamut we don't do defensive start of the weeks i don't know why i said that but um 
you know, quarterbacks you do defense to tight ends. You know, you'll get defense streaming week. Yeah, you get the streams, but yeah. um, but you you know, so you'll get those starts of the week on Saturday as well, and then Tuesday you're gonna get the weekly recap, um, where we're gonna obviously recap all the top scores at each position from the early from earlier in the week, or I mean from the from the previous week, um, and then you'll also hear uh, our waiver show. So. Uh, which which players you need to be targeting on waivers. So, Greg, did I miss anything in that rundown of the new schedule four times a week? Are you ready for all this recording that we're going to be doing? Oh, man, uh, I love it. Recording, recording, recording. You get an episode. You get an episode. Everyone gets an episode, man. You know, Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Thir- sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Man, am I correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. Sounds um, good. So, yeah, we'll be here four times a week. So I know last year was three times a week, but we wanted to you know, be able to get these episodes to you so that they could be uh, as concise as possible. So, yes, sir. Um, continuing on to the, the Patriots news. So, so uh, Mohamed Sanu, he was cut from the New England Patriots and is ending up now clearing space or potentially opportunities for... Nikhil Harry, are you interested? I am interested. I was still I was interested in Nikhil Harry even when that news came out that he was out of game game shape and playing shape. I think he can get back into that. So uh, I I like Nikhil Harry as the, the prospect, the player. Uh, I think you know I'm all about those second year leap guys hype over the you know the rookie hype. So uh, I like Nikhil Harry as a late round flyer. Yeah, I like Nick. I like Nikhil Harry as a prospect. Um, this, you know, all this stuff about him coming out of camp has been a little concerning to me. Um, you know, outside of the not not being in shape part, there was the, you know, the fact that he he hasn't been able to separate. Um, although that's always been the thing with Nikhil Harry, he hasn't necessarily been able. He hasn't been the best separator. Um, but he's a guy that you know we talked about it on the show last year. Like you could tell. The Pats were trying to get him involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they realized at a point like, okay, you know, Nikhil Harry may not be the best receiver on our team, but he's one of the best guys with the ball in his hands. So let's try to get him the ball any way we can. Mm-hmm. So um, I like his prospects from that point of view. Um, and, it, you know, we like we both like Cam Newton, who is obviously our quarterback in yes, CFB. Sir. But we like Cam Newton. And so... Uh, you know, potentially Nikhil Harry is going to be a beneficiary of that, especially with, um, a, you know, especially with Muhammad Sanu being out. Um, so, you know, definitely interested. Gunnar Olszewski, he's also a guy to keep an eye on as well. Um, you know, you know, especially in, if you're in Dynasty, you should definitely look into him. He's a, a guy who the, I think, used to play quarterback as well. You know, something similar to what Edelman used to do. Um, but they brought him in to be a defensive back, and then they moved him to receiver. Um, so I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on there, but he's had a really good camp. Uh, he's second-year player. Also, Jacoby Myers could also be interesting as well, just in case like we're wrong on Nikhil Harry. These are just other guys that you could potentially look to. Right, right, right. No more Philip Dorsett. RP. Yeah, no more Philip Dorsett there. <laughs> um, so the... The biggest news that came out this week, uh, you know, yesterday, um, you know, obviously after 
after we recorded, and you guys probably all heard our episode on Monday, uh, Leonard Fournette was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was that Monday or Tuesday, Greg? I believe that was on a Tuesday, I want to say. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Um, (laughs) So, you know, so Leonard Fournette was released, and then yesterday... um, he was released on Monday, and then released Tuesday Monday, was when he waivers. was on waivers. Yeah. Cleared waivers yep. on Tuesday. Uh, and then on Wednesday, he was free to sign with, with any team that he wanted or any team that wanted him. And um, the he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, so the Golden obviously, State Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, me being... Um, you know, I don't think I was alone on this Rojo camp, but I was definitely the I was definitely the, the the conductor on the on the fantasy football diagnostics podcast. If yeah, if uh, <laughs> and uh, you sold me on it. Definitely. Yeah, so it was going right through. So Rojo, <laughs> is, he was the guy. He's you know no one on that depth chart, and uh, you know here it comes for now. I mean, the Pats and the Bucks are like the, the the teams now. When anyone gets dropped or anything, like oh they're probably gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so um you know this fournette news obviously you know is a is a killer to rojo's you know value and his his output i guess i'll just i'll kind of give my take greg and then you tell me where you're at and if you agree or disagree with 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 where i'm at but um i i you know i basically statted him out and i know i have i still have rojo at 35, Leonard Fournette at 41, um, that very well could change. You know, it was just a very, like, knee-jerk, um, you know, statting out by me. But, you know, Ronald Jones at 35, Leonard Fournette at 41. Uh, so neither one of them are, you know, in that, you know, Leonard Ronald Jones right in the RB3 range, per se, right? But, you know, 35 doesn't really help anybody. Um I think that Ronald Jones probably will hold this backfield for, you know, at least the first two weeks. Um, you know, I don't think Leonard Fournette comes and takes it from him right away. You know, but I do think that there is a possibility that Leonard Fournette does take this backfield away from him. Um, not sure when. Maybe it's week three. Maybe it's week five. Maybe it's week eight. Who knows? But um, I'm at a point with these guys where Leonard Fournette, I think he's still, like, we just drafted Greg. And he went in the sixth round and then, Ronald Jones went in the seventh. Um, you know, I'm not really interested in either one of those guys at that price. I mean, like I told you before the draft, if Ronald Jones fell to round eight, round nine, maybe I'd be interested. Um, Leonard Fournette, I think he's going to end up going higher than that, you know, maybe round five, round six. And so, therefore, I, I wouldn't be interested because um, I, I typically like to like to take the cheaper player. But um, where are you at with this, Greg? So, yeah, we were talking before the draft. I do think, you know, just looking at it, Leonard Fournette is the better player, NFL player. So, at the end of the day, he will end up taking this job, I think, and just being the guy down the line that the Bucks, you know, I think are just going to use as like a, a, you know, maybe more touches and just down the line, a more physical back uh, for playoff time and then clutching the home games and stuff like that. So, uh I would be happy if he was my RB3, and then that's probably about it. Um, I wouldn't lean. I've never had a Fournette stock in my previous fantasy years. I've never, I don't have him this year, so I'm not going to go reach for Fournette, but I think I, I would be happy with him if he was my RB3. 
Yeah, I mean, it, that's uh, definitely a, a situation that's, you know, harder to read now than it was. I mean, it just really does suck for Ronald Jones' fantasy yeah. value because oh, he yeah. was such a value where he was Absolutely. in the fifth round, sixth round. He was such a value. Um, I mean, when you think about it, you know, Leonard Fournette's not getting a ton of money. Um, you know, they don't, you know, and outside of, you know, Ronald Jones, who do they really have to be a prototypical backup to to Ronald Jones? If Ronald Jones were to go down, like it's it's not going to be shady. Uh, they haven't. They've clearly told you by everything that they've done and everything they said that they don't believe in Keyshawn Vaughn, at least not now. Um, so I mean, I, I, there is a there is a world. You know, there's range of outcomes. There is a world where Ronald Jones holds this backfield. You know, because if he comes out at the gate and he's just, you know, ripping it up because, you know, he, we have heard of all the reports about him improving as a player. Um, you know, so if we haven't seen the best Ronald Jones, I mean, I can't believe I'm doing this right now because, I, like we talked about, I, I was not a fan of Ronald Jones last year. Um, but, you know, just all everything that we've heard out of camp, him getting bigger, him working on his pass game, it's... There is a world where he could he could probably hold Leonard Fournette at all for how That's long I don't know how true that, how but long then that is. even then his, I then I can't even like buy his cap then because at the very least his cap will be significantly decreased because you know I feel like near the goal line near the, in the red zones for net time all the time because it's a big boy still and he's physically a freaking nature still so I would give it to Fournette as far as getting touchdowns yeah Fournette Fournette probably will end up with more touchdowns regardless of what the role is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but then it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it, it is what it is. I mean, I just, I know, I, I know you said you're, you're not really going to touch that situation. I know I'm not really touching that situation. I mean, I have so much Ronald Jones right now. I can't get my hands out of it, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, every draft that I've done since that, uh, since that news, I mean, I'm probably not looking because Fournette, where Fournette is going, again, that's the DJ Shark, the Terry McLaurin range. Um, you know, you're yeah. looking at at, at at those at those guys. I mean, by the time we get to drafts, I mean, that's where that's where he'll be. I mean, as as long as once the ADP calibrates to him being on the Bucks, um, after calibrating for him being cut off the Jags, but. Yeah. Um, and I don't you know that's the decision. Oh, I was gonna Go say, I'm, and then I'm probably not favoring the uh, Jacksonville backfield as well either. Yeah, that was another thing we could talk about. I'm not really. Oh yeah, a fan of that. I mean, be, James Robinson. No, that's fine. If anyone wants, I will. I will take him with my last pick of the draft, though. <laughs> so what gives you? I mean, we haven't seen Dan, James Robinson play. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 undrafted free agent. We haven't seen him play. Um, but all those other guys like, yeah, are going. It's Chris Thompson. That. Yeah, it's, it's Chris Thompson time, really. But as far as like, especially in the football and PPR league, that man he could be a solid flex for you. He could be great in bye weeks. Uh, he could be even RB two in some weeks because him and Jay Gruden are go hand in hand. Um, yeah, but if uh, other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to touch anyone. But yeah, James Robinson, I'll, I'll take if like it was the last pick, and I don't have anyone else to do. I, I already told you who I'm in on, but for me, um, it's LaVisca Chenault, man. I mean, 
We're talking about a guy who is 6'2", 225, 230 pounds, uh, played wide. He was drafted in the second round by the Jacksonville Jaguars as a wide receiver. But at Colorado, he played wide receiver, running back, tight end, wildcat quarterback. I'm pretty sure he played defense if they asked him to. Um, but, you know, this guy, I think, it's, I mean, there's conversations right now that D.D. Westbrook could potentially get cut from the Jags I roster. I did see that. So now we're talking about LaVisca Chenault potentially being the number two receiver in Jacksonville. So, you know, we could, I could sell you on the story that LaVisca Chenault's probably the second best playmaker on the Jags offense behind DJ Shark. Yeah. Yeah, let's just hope this team is like good enough to be able to use someone other than Henry and Shark. I mean, sorry, not Henry and Shark, but just Shark. Other than that, because <laughs> you know they are going to yeah expect to be a bad team. I mean, besides Chris, you know Chris Thompson's going to be involved just off the fact that they'll be playing in negative game script like all year. So then, I guess yeah, Chanel should be able to. If they're going to use him in all types of plays. I I, I could sign up for that. Yeah, I mean, if he's on the field in those passing situations, then that, that just makes him a viable. I mean, granted, how it'll come down to Gardner Minshew, True. right? I mean, which, you know, we both believe in Gardner Minshew and his ability to play the position. Yeah, um, and that should bump up his passing volume a lot, too, actually, with Fournette being Yeah, on. this is going to pump up his, his passing volume. This potentially pump, bumps up his rushing production as well because, um, you know, Gardner Minshew ran the ball a little bit last year. Um, and maybe down by the goal line where Fournette, um, you know, he he didn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he was uh, up there in terms of in terms of carries down by the goal line. So maybe this turns into more red zone attempts for Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, so I think this, you know, it's tough to get on a quarterback that's probably going to have the number one overall pick because that means they're probably playing with some negative game script there. Um, which means maybe some sacks, sack fumbles, interceptions are happening. Um, you know, but it's DJ Shark. And then, you know, for me, I mean, if we're going to take any shot on this offense, for me, it would be it would be LaVisca Chanel just because, you know, I, like, I also like to value versatility. And obviously, I don't know what his role is going to be from out the gate in terms of if, if he's going to get some rushing attempts. Um, but, you know, when they drafted him, they talked about him as somebody that, they plan on using in a lot of different ways, and obviously coaches say that all the time. GMs say that all the time, but um, yeah, no, he's somebody that I'm I'm stashing in 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 drafts right now. Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, other than I did add Chris Thompson the moment the news happened, so I'm also rooting for Chris Thompson. But yeah, I think at the very least he's the safe play, and then Lavisca with some upside be real nice. Just a uh, Hybrid players are give a lot of intrigue, even though Curtis Samuel's not doing well in camp. But you know, it's always good intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a little that's a little upsetting to hear about Curtis Samuel, but you know, I, I still believe that there's a there, you know how these coaches are, man. They're so neurotic; they're not going to want to show anything. Like I'm, I'm guaranteeing the way that the the, the ways that they want to use Curtis Samuel, like they're not even showing those yet. Yeah, hopefully. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But, um, Greg, so, you know, we covered this news. Uh, this is a very light setting for the show today. Um, you know, because technically we're supposed to be off. <laughs> Word, yeah. But, you know, you um, boys in Philly tomorrow. So, yeah, you know, I'm on vacation mode already. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. See? Um, so, 
Greg, where are you at? I mean, we're going to run through this really quick, division by division. We're going to give our, our division winners. Um, and then we're going to give our, our Super Bowl picks at the end of this. So, Greg, the New England Patriots have a nine, a nine uh, over-under of nine set by Vegas. Um, you know, these aren't the fully updated. These are the ones that I, I, I got um, about a month ago, but... The New England Patriots over under is set for nine. The Bills eight and a half. The the New York Jets six and a half, and the Dolphins six. So who do you have finishing first in this division? I still have the New England Patriots. Um, I was still I was kind of leaning towards maybe the Bills, but then when they signed Cam, it just I re switched focus. I realized my what I'm doing. It's, it's got to be the Pats. Bill Belichick still the most planned coach, game plan in the team in the league in AFC East. They should be fine. I think they'll be good. Even though their defensive starters went out, I still think uh, they'll be solid and ready for the, to take the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, I actually, I have the Patriots. I've, I If you told me Jarrett Stidham was the quarterback, I was still picking the Patriots. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really care. Um, you know, Belichick is, is the greatest coach of all time. And... You know, I don't care if 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 you give him, you know, eleven Dante Howers or eleven of of me and you, Greg. Like he'll figure it out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think I think that the Patriots, you know, st- still their division until someone takes it from them, and I think that they're going to to continue to show why you know why they're one of the dominant teams in in the league. Uh, that sucked to say. And so, um, heading over to the AFC North, Greg. What do you got in terms of, I mean, so the, the Ravens have an 11 and a half over under, uh, the Steelers are at nine, the Browns are at eight and a half, and then the, the Bengals are at five and a half. What do you got here, Greg? Oh yeah. Uh, Baltimore all the way. Uh, I just think they should start a run of where they dominate this, this division. Um, it is a very tough division winning games in this division is, it is tough, especially because I know I, th- I th- we think Cleveland's going to be better and, and Pittsburgh is just such a well-coached team. They don't give a lot of fight. So, you know, they're always going to be in the wildcard hunt and in the in the divisional hunt as well. But uh, I think Baltimore ends up winning enough games outside the division that uh, they end up with 12 wins again and take it. Yeah, man, I, I've got Baltimore win this division as well. Although I do have the Browns and the Steelers both making it to the playoffs. Yeah, this could be a three-team uh, especially with the added spot in the playoffs now, this could be a favorite yeah. to to get three teams in. This um, as well at the NFC West too. Yeah, so I, I I do I do like both of those teams to, um, you know I, I do like those teams to be able to to make it out of the AFC, the AFC North there. Um, so hold on, sorry. So Greg, we've got the. And the AFC South now. So we've got the Titans at eight and a half, the Colts at eight and a half, the Broncos. Nope, not the Broncos. We've got the Texans at seven and a half, and then we've got the Jags at five. What do you got there? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain on this one. You know, they won the division the last two years. I'm, I'm going to go with the Texans. Uh, I still think, you know, even with the loss of D Hop, I, I think we'll see. People are just, you know, disrespecting Deshaun. I think he's probably the most disrespected player in the NFL. I think he's like the Damian Lillard of the NFL. So I think he's going to show people 
you know, he could lead a team uh, and carry teams to, to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I so I've got the Colts winning this division. I just think just, you know, that offensive line, uh, that defense getting DeForest Buckner over there, I think he, he adds a ton to that defense. Um, you know, they, they did add Xavier Rhodes, who while washed, I think that they could they could probably hide him pretty well. Um, you know, not asking to be on an island with the team's number one receiver. Um, and then, you, you know, obviously the running game here and then, you know, the weapons that Phillip Rivers are going to have on the outside. And then obviously I know Phillip Rivers gets a ton of flack, but, you know, the, the coach that got the best out of Phillip Rivers was Frank Reich. And, you know, Phillip Rivers has never been behind an offensive line this good. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the I'm taking the Colts on that one. Um but I do think that, the, you know, with that seventh wild card spot, it does get, you know, with that, you know, the seventh wild card spot or the third wild card spot, but the seventh playoff spot, it does get interesting there because, you know, you are going to have the, the Texans and potentially the Titans here competing with the Browns and, and the, um, the Browns and the Steelers for that seventh playoff spot or, you know, that sixth, seventh playoff spot. So I think it does get interesting there. Um, I, I do feel bad betting against Deshaun, though. Yeah. Um, AFC West, uh, we've got the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, 11.5-point favorites. We've got the L.A. Chargers at eight-game eight favorites. Uh, the, the Why am I saying favorites? We've got the Denver Broncos, 7.5 over-under, and the the Oak, or Las Vegas Raiders with 7.5 over-under. So, Greg, what do you got in the AFC West? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs here. Just went like how Baltimore, I think, should make a run for the AFC North. The Chiefs should make that run for the AFC West and dominate. Uh, so, I got them winning. Just best all-around team. Their defense it, well improved from last year, and I think they just keep getting better. So, uh, I, I, they're well-balanced now, and that's all they really needed was to have a respectable defense because their offense is the most prolific in the league. So, they're, they're good. The Chiefs all the way. Yeah, man, it's Chiefs all the way for me, too. There's, like, no contest here. So, moving on to the NFC East. So, we've got the Eagles with 9.5, the Cowboys with 9.5, the Giants with 6, and the Washington football team with 5. So, Greg, what do you got here? Uh, So, I'm going to go with the Eagles just because, at the end of the day, I don't trust the Cowboys with every time they have a talented roster. I still don't trust them to get it done late in the clutch around like week after week 12 to week 16 to get those wins and stuff. So I'm going to go with the Eagles again. Just well coached. Uh, they figure it out. Next man up strategies all the time. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm so conflicted on this one because if you ask me this, like, Literally three months ago, I would have told you the Eagles like unequivocally without a doubt. But then you fast forward to now and they've lost their left tackle for the season. They've lost their left. They've lost their right guard for the season. They've just lost Jalen Rager for who knows how long. Uh, maybe uh, they're saying I've heard two weeks. I've heard a month. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey's still on the pup. You know, they're just dealing with, you know, Miles Sanders has his hamstring injuries right now. They're just dealing with so much. I mean, that, that's every and year. Then, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> no, Philadelphia you're right. Eagles. 
you know, and we're already talking about Carson Wentz having a potential injury. Yeah. Like we're already we're already talking about that. Um and then you look at the Cowboys, they got a new coach and Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, I read I read something today cuz the biggest problem last year with the Cowboys was Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, had that offense rolling. But then at some point Jason Garrett started getting involved. You know, and they started being conservative and stopped being aggressive. Um, Mike McCarthy said, like, he's getting out of Kellen Moore's way. And he's just going to let Kellen Moore do his thing. And so I see stuff like that. And, you know, their defense got a little bit better this year. So I don't know. I'm probably still picking the Eagles, though. I'm still going to pick the Eagles. I just wanted to just state the case for the, for the Cowboys because... If I see something, you know, I always hate doing this. I've told you this before, Greg, but I always hate doing this because um, I don't know who's gonna win this. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl in in uh, in like right before Week One? Because we could see something in Week One and like completely change our opinion, right? Like, you know, after Week Two, we saw the Niners and we're like, "Yo, the Niners are legit." <laughs> so something could always change my mind. So we'll see. Um, moving on to the NFC North, Greg. The Green Bay Packers nine, nine games. The Minnesota Vikings eight and a half. The uh, Chicago Bears eight, and the uh, Detroit Lions six and a half. I think I'm gonna go with the Vikings here. I think they're going to be, you know, just the most balanced team as far as their defense and their their offense. Um, I think you know, Pat, Pat Packers got a little lucky last year with the, some of their wins. Um, just as far and they they get crushed by you know teams with with good lines and good defenses, well, good pressure on on Aaron Rodgers. So I think Minnesota gets the edge of them in the division as far as that, especially with their new trade. So I'm go with the Vikings. Yeah, and the the trade you're referencing there is uh, edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe coming from the Jags. Uh, we covered that on Sunday or on Monday on our Monday episode, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you, you know, I, I like what you said there about the Packers, you know, uh, you know, with the with the way a lot of their games played out last year, they they won a, a crazy amount of one score games, uh, you know, very lucky from from that standpoint. So I, I you know, I do think the Vikings uh, take this step here, win this division. Um, the Lions, though, they're they're like sneaky, man. Oh, every year, yeah, the, Lions are usually they're like very sneaky. sneaky. Yeah, they started off well last year, and then they just melted down right after that loss to the Chiefs in, like, overtime or the last play of the game. It's crazy. Um, So moving on to the NFC South, we've got the New Orleans Saints at 10.5, the Tampa Bay Bucks at 9.5, the Falcons at 7.5, and, and the Carolina Panthers at 5.5. Where are you at, Greg? I had the Saints until Tampa Bay got Fournette. And I'm going with Tampa Bay now. I think Fournette just makes them, uh, as far as you know, having multiple running backs, multiple good running backs, that just makes life so much easier. It's really hard to hard going to be hard to cover. Uh, which one you want to take? Pick your poison. So if you want to stack the box, they're just going to go and attack those receivers. Is 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 tough, and uh, their defense is improving. They were already good last year, and they addressed their safety issues. Uh, you know, with Winfield Jr. So I, I like the Bucks. Yeah, man, I, I actually do not hate you for taking the Bucks. Um, I do think both these teams got the 10 wins, you know, maybe even more. Um, except I'm going to take the Saints. And it's only because, yeah. 
you know, we look at these two teams and it's just, for me, it's going to come down to continuity. Um, you know, Drew Brees could probably run Sean Payne's offense with his eyes closed. <laughs> Word. And, you know, him and Sean Payne, they don't even have to talk about anything. Like, him and Michael Thomas, they have all their nonverbal communication down. Like, I wouldn't be surprised know, if Brady so, already had everything down already, though. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, I think he obviously understood what the challenge was ahead of him. Um, you know, I will, like, full disclosure, like, I made, um, obviously, I talked about it before, um, but, you know, I have my model here that to help me sort out these, these game lines and these over-unders, and I put in a bet, you know, on the model, all the division winners, um, and I, the Bucks, I have them projected for 10 point for 9.9 wins and the Saints for 10.2 wins and I like my heart told me the Bucks or like my brain told me the Bucks that day when I when I put the bet in and I was back in like you know May or June and um I put two bets in one with the Saints won the division and one where the Bucks won the division because I really couldn't make up my mind. That's how close it is in my mind as well. Um, but you know that's why I'm just kind of sticking with the you know, with, with, there's one variable that's here. It's COVID. So I'm just like, okay, which team has an advantage over COVID? And I, in, in my opinion, it's the Saints just because of how long all their integral pieces have spent together. Yeah. But um, moving on to another division that's probably tough, just as tough to pick. Uh, we've got the NFC West. and uh, We've got the San Fran 49ers, uh, NFC champion San Francisco 49ers at 10.5. We've got the Seattle Seahawks at nine and a half. We've got the uh, L.A. Rams at eight and a half, and then the Arizona Cardinals, the media darlings, at seven. So, Greg, what do you got? I'm going to go with Seattle. Uh, they are my Super Bowl pick coming out of the NFC. So, yeah, I'm a I'm gonna go with them to win the division. They uh, were just as good as the 49ers. Just they got edged out in you know those games. They were close just as well. I think Seattle takes the division uh, just by a game. Yeah, I can't hate that pick at all. Um, I'm actually going to go back to the San Fran. Well, uh, I like what they're building over there in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, that defense, you know, even though they, they do give up to Forrest Buckner, uh, they did draft Javon Kinlaw. They've got Nick Bosa. So they've got the, they've got the horses up front. Um, obviously Kyle Shanahan is an offensive mastermind and, um, yeah, I, 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 I like, you know, what they, what they have over there. Um, but you know what? I can't even hate the Seattle pick. Like, I just really hope that they let Russ cook, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's really it. That's what it comes down just to. Just let Russ play the first three quarters. Like he plays the fourth quarter and they'll be good. Yeah. Yep. So, so Greg, your Super Bowl pick, you already alluded to one of them coming out of the NFC. That's that's your that's the Seattle Seahawks. And who's your AFC representative? Yeah, I got Seattle versus Patty and the Chiefs uh, for the Super Bowl. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with my man. You know, we, we're going to start a little dynasty here. We're going to Patty back-to-back, baby. That's two times. Let's go. Oh, man. Okay. So, I am actually going to go with uh, – I'm – Yo, so I know I just picked them to win to win their division. I'm going with the Saints here. Um, I, I, you know, you were on the phone with me that that one time when I when I literally did this exercise. I, I 
put my fingers to my head and was, you know, gun to my head, who am I taking? And my answer was the Saints from the NFC. Uh, I think everything that they've done, uh, you, you know, you, you know, trying, getting Drew Brees back for that one more year, um, convincing Alvin Kamara to play back, to play under his current contract. Um, you know, we didn't talk about Alvin Kamara, by the way, but Alvin Kamara under his current contract. But, um, you know, and now even potentially making a push to sign Jadavian Clowney, which they're trying to do. That was the latest news between them or Tennessee. Um, you know, they're they're making this run for the Super Bowl. They've literally been on the doorsteps of it the last uh, two or three years now, it feels like. And, you know, I think they finally get back to it. And uh, I think that they'll be facing, for my AFC, my AFC representative, the, the Baltimore Ravens, man. I think Lamar gets the monkey off his back. Uh, finally wins a playoff game, maybe two here, and uh, well, definitely two here, and uh, you know makes it to the Super Bowl and takes down Drew Brees, sending him off into retirement with uh, his lone ring, and finally getting his first man. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like if Drew Brees loses the Super Bowl, he's definitely coming back, though. I just feel it. <laughs> He'd be so upset. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's coming he, back? No, no if he man, loses, he's got to go loses. out. If he loses, oh, if he loses, he's yeah, coming yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah no. Yeah. I feel, like he, I feel like he would, too. I mean, if you ask him right after the game, he's like, no, I'm coming back. Yep. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Um, um, so, I mean, we, we missed the Alvin Kamara news. I mean, it was, it, was, it's, it was like news, and then it wasn't news, and then it was news again. Um, but Alvin Kamara, he... He supposedly uh, was missing practice. He missed practice, unexcused absences, even though he was in the facility getting epidural shots in his back. Um, the 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 absences were contract related, apparently. Um, you know, then it had come out that the Saints were willing to trade Alvin Kamara. Then it had come out that Alvin Kamara wasn't requesting a trade, and then it came out that. Alvin Kamara and the Saints have talked and they're on good terms again. Uh, and then it came out that they were like $2 million apart. But Alvin Kamara doesn't want Christian McCaffrey mon- money, but apparently wants more than what Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon got. Um, that gap is like $4 million. So maybe he's asking for 14 or 15 or asking for 13. I don't, I don't really know. I don't have the specifics. But. Uh, he's back at practice now. He's practicing. Greg, where are you at with this Alvin Kamara? News, not news, news. If you draft Alvin Kamara, just draft Latavius Murray. It's that simple. You'll be good. Whatever happens, uh, that's all. I'm, I'm a, you know, I said it before. That's, that's, that's really where I'm at with that. Really. All, all, you know, just get Latavius. I am a f- I'm nervous about the one thing that wasn't talked about in this entire you know, conversation about, oh, the contract, the contract was, yeah, no, Alvin Kamara was in the facility. He had an epidural shot in his back. Wait, wait, what? Can we talk about that? Because, I mean, they don't just give epidural shots for nothing, right, Greg? I mean, nah. not a doctor here, but I, like, what? Probably like a, <laughs> you know, level of cortisone shot for a shoulder or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, he did dealt with injuries last year. He didn't play a lot all last year healthy. But, you know, that would be addressed if you just have Latavius Murray because you have RB1 chilling on the bench ready to go. Yeah, but I don't want I don't <laughs> want 70% of Alvin Kamara. I want all of Alvin Kamara because for all that 70%, like, I should just take Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, I think 
still he's still super efficient, so he still be uh at worst the low end RB one, but uh But you're yeah. drafting him at four. <laughs> yeah, you're drafting him at four. A low end yeah. RB one at four. Yeah. That is true. Right? Like I think this is definitely something that needs to be considered. Um, I mean, I'm an Alvin Kamara owner and our League of Extraordinary People, and I did not get Latavius Murray because I got beat out by one pick. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, this nah, is not I would be nervous good news. Then. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not great news. Definitely not something you want to have. Just but contract like, issues again. General. Even if he plays, right? Like, no, you know what? Just like what you just said, contract issues, right? Kamara doesn't have a contract. So what if it's like week three, week four? And Kamara's like, hey, why am I getting epidural shots? I don't have a contract. Yeah. I'll <laughs> Let me I'll just not play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think Joe Mixon got his contract. So. Yeah, Joe Mixon got paid. So, you know, those migraines, you know, magically went away. Yep. <laughs> um, but Alvin Kamara is not imagining his back pain because apparently they're bad enough to have to get epidural shots. So... Yeah, get Latavius Murray, or um, I don't know. I just I really like. I I was in a. I think if I was in a draft and I had the four pick, I I would have really have to consider Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I've or I would yet start to pick from under anything below five under the five mark. So, like one one through five. So I've never been in position to get any of the top four. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. So if you were you. picking at four, Greg. Uh, if I was picking at four, you know, I just would you take for, would you go Clyde? Uh, still, I think I mean I, I took Derrick Henry over. Uh, I still think I would take Clyde over Derrick Henry, but I would probably take Dalvin Cook over both of them. Uh, if I'm gonna not take Kamara, it would be for Dalvin Cook, yeah, as well. But then yeah, I, I think would, that's I would, I I think I would that's where sure I'm at. Madison too. They both come. Yeah, with no, some, absolutely. Some, if you uh, get, if you you have risk. to get Madison as you know for sure. Yeah, it's just like so. The Saints also have you know Ty Montgomery in that backfield as well, right? So like, if Latavius Murray, if Alvin Kamara goes down, like I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be the lead guy. You know, maybe he'll he'll take seventy percent of the backfield work, but I think. Ty Montgomery will probably get, end up getting some of that reception work, but you'll know that Latavius Murray is going to get fifteen to twenty carries. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love Murray. Yeah, Murray as a one is golden. I think. Yeah, I mean, because what, because what, at least with the, at least with Dallas, right? I mean, I think Latavius has definitely more standalone value than Alexander Madison because yes. with Dalvin Cook in in Minnesota, like. He's getting all the touches, and Alexander Madison is is only playing if if they have a big lead or something. Yeah, Murray gets a certain number of carries every year and a certain number of touchdowns every year. Five and about a hundred yeah. carries, hundred twenty carries. So, yeah, standalone value. Right yeah, there. no. Yeah, he's he definitely has a standalone value. It's just, I mean, I guess as a as a Kamara owner without without Latavius Murray, luckily I've insulated myself uh, with all my running back depth. Um. You know, which, like I always say, you you like to have a lot of running backs on your team to kind of, you know, so you don't have to have your necessarily your safety net, but you can have other you know nets around around uh, 
you know, cover yourself with other running backs around the league, but um, get Latavius Murray. Don't be yeah. like me. Yeah. So, Greg, how early would you would you reach to get Latavius Murray? Um, what is usually going sixth round? I would go for sixth round. Like I would if I had Kamar. Latavius I, Murray's going in like the eighth, ninth round. Eighth, oh ninth, yeah, tenth yeah. I, if like if I had Kamara, I, I, yeah, the most I would reach is yes, yeah, seventh, sixth round. I would probably take him like over Jordan Howard or something like that. If I had Kamara. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the reason why, I guess just want to explain to everyone the reason why I don't, I try, I don't try to force, you know, getting insurance policies at the running back position because I like to try to increase my upside. Because if I have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, right, um, but I took Latavius Murray instead of drafting, let's say, Zach Moss, right? If Zach Moss ends up to be the lead back in Buffalo and Alvin Kamara stays healthy, you know, or, you know, doesn't have a contract situation, I have two lead backs. I have two potential, you know, top 12 or top 15 guys. Right. But if I get Latavius Murray, then all I'm doing is just, you know, that's a, it's, it's not a, it's not the, it's not the pure floor play that like getting Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds is because like, you know, Chase Edmonds isn't playing unless Kenyon Drake isn't healthy. But it's uh, it's it's a more of a floor, a floor play than a ceiling play, and that's it. There's no, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. It's just what kind of, you know, fantasy manager are you, and what kind of team are you trying to put together? Yeah, me, me I just hate feeling bad about my first round pick, at any in any way. I would just hate, can't live with myself, so I just, I'll just do it. Yeah, man, I hear that. So, all right, Greg, we are definitely wrapping this up. We stayed on longer than we anticipated, but, you know, I think that just shows our passion for, for what it is that we do here at Fantasy Football Diagnostics. So if you appreciate our passion and you appreciate what we're doing here, um, all the work that we're putting in, uh, then, you know, go ahead, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or Overcast, or whatever it is that you're listening to us, um, and just go ahead, leave us a review, you know, write the review, that always t- goes a long way, or you could just leave us the five stars, because that also helps, you know, helps people find the show, helps us get a little bit more notoriety, um, so we can just continue to d- deliver that content, and, and spread the love that is hashtag DXTribe, so um, with that being said, Greg, enjoy your time in Philly, uh, Bianca and I will be in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, it's not Halloween time, so I actually got lucky with that part. So, um, but you know, enjoy Labor Day weekend, everybody, and be safe. And as always, we are out. Yeah.